It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly. So I'm excited to talk to you guys. like speechless i'm so excited the eagles finally pull out a victory and maybe more importantly actually look like an nfl team very exciting to see we're gonna get into all of it we'll break it down the defense obviously just brought it again you gotta be excited about how this defense looks obviously big special teams play from sproles and bradford you know, didn't have to do too much, but there were a couple couple nice moments there, a couple not great moments there. And obviously the O-line will get in all of it, but first let me say hello to my co-host this evening, the man, the myth, the legend from our Eagles, Mr. Matt Daring. Matt, what up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? I just got done Googling Jordan Hicks, and I got to say, I hate it. Yeah, my God, the 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 takes when Jordan Hicks was drafted <laughs> that the sky was falling and can't let's let's start right there because I thought that kid played a hell of a football game and you know what's nice it, last week you're watching that game and it was this atrocious embarrassing performance from an Eagles team like you've never seen and yet. They did. There was no passion. Like they didn't even seem to care. Other than Murray, who seemed to be freaking out like a maniac, no one seemed to care. And yet, this kid, this kid, last week and and obviously this week plays with such passion, such fire. Um, you know, look. Right now, kid looks great. He's still a rookie. We got to temper that. But Matt, just looking at Hicks and how the middle linebackers played. A, how confident do you feel with Hicks? filling in when necessary while Kendricks is out and then Kiko still kind of a murky future there. Do you feel okay with Hicks as that guy who can kind of slide in? And how do you feel about the middle linebackers moving forward? I don't know. How can you not be pretty excited about what you've seen from him so far? Like, I think that he has played 
better than any of us or even really had any right to expect. Uh, you know, prior to the draft, he tested off the charts athletically. He had a bunch of big um, concerns as far as his health had gone. He missed um, big chunks. Or he missed an entire season and a chunk of another season, you know, with a couple of different injuries. Uh, it seems like he's fought that off for the most part, but he's got the size, he's got the speed, and he is all over the place. And and the thing I liked about him most is you listen to him talk, and Greg Cosell likes to talk about these CEO type players, and and that seems to be like really what he is. Like he is like all business. Like he walks out in that field, and he's like, "All right, who are we going to mess up today?" And that's like really, it seems like what he's really bringing. So you know, Kiko and Kendricks are both really nice players, but while they're out, like you know, you saw this guy, and he's staying on the field and dime. Like they have him coming in and being the guy who they keep out there the entire game, you know, and that's a that's a huge vote of confidence, especially given how much they seem to like D'Amico. So I am over the moon about what Jordan Hicks is bringing to the table. Damn, man. I mean, just just if you look at it on the stat page, the kid led the team in tackles, nine solo tackles. Last had, week, too, right? Had, yeah, had an interception, a fumble recovery, was around the ball all game long. No, it's 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 really exciting this kid he's fun to watch he's got a lot of passion again a rookie but you really can't ask for much more from him especially at a position where you assumed you have so much depth this kid's probably not even going to see the field and uh and he's seeing it quick and delivering uh let's stick with the defense matt what else kind of stood out to you today i know for me i thought nolan carroll played a hell of a game eric rowe that, I mean, that interception was, was one of the plays of the season for this team so far, albeit a team that has not had a ton of great plays to this point. But just perfect coverage on Devin Smith, just, you know, turned his head around, played the ball, made a great play, and then we saw him look good in coverage the whole afternoon. Let's look at that secondary. What a heartening performance. We all know how good Malcolm Jenkins is, and and he looked great again, but... You have to like what you saw from especially Thurman, Carroll, and Rowe today. Maxwell, you know, Marshall did his thing. But where do you stand on the secondary? Where's your worry slash confidence level right now? I'm um I'm pretty psyched about the secondary, to be honest. Like, you know, you say we know how ma- good Malcolm Jenkins is, but I don't really know if he's getting enough credit. You know, people talk, sort of talk about him, but they're sort of like, yeah, and of course, Malcolm Jenkins, he's good. But like, that's not enough. Like, you can't just be like, and of course, Malcolm Jenkins, like he deserves better than that. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, the way that he's come down and he's play, he's playing in the slot, he's making plays in the run game, he's making plays in the pass game, he's busting up screens, he's, you know, he's forcing turnovers, he's tipping the ball into the air, he's doing all this good stuff. I just don't know if, you know, if, you, if he's getting enough credit. I also think Walter Thurman's done great. I tweeted during the game, I was like, you should write him, in, we should sign him to an extension because, you know, like this guy, he can really play, he can really play at this position. Um, the Eagles mothership had him on their, uh, on their podcast and in interview. He's an interesting guy. He sounds like he's really smart and he sounds like he's really excited to be able to play safety where it's a little bit less regimented what he's supposed to be doing in any given play and you can freelance a little bit more, but they held up great against the run. Uh, I thought that, you know, they had a couple of mental mistakes and there's always going to be, you know, busts where they find the weak, the weak spot in the zone and stuff like that. But like, I thought in general, I think the secondary has been playing great and this week was just another chapter in it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's it's weird. Who would have thought that three weeks into the season, Byron Maxwell would be the biggest question mark in the secondary? And, and granted, obviously, he's facing the toughest guys. There's a reason for that. But still, you, you just 
there, there's no complaints about the way the other three-fourths of that secondary have played and how Roe looked today, especially after all the, the nerves you heard about Roe heading into the season. There were a lot of people who just seemed to be down on the guy, you know, obviously didn't have a great end of the preseason. But, man, really a, a really nice coming out party for that kid today. Uh, front line, I, I don't think there's much to say. Look good. Finally, we saw some pressure from this front line, a lot of blitzes as well. Brandon Graham, I thought, really had a, a great game today, was all over the field. Couldn't quite seem to get to Fitzpatrick in any situation, but was constantly pressuring, causing havoc. And obviously, they were they mentioned it on the broadcast, but... Brandon Bear, just a, a really phenomenal job standing in for Cedric Thornton today. Got his hands on a few passes, making a few plays, a few tip balls. Really a, a nice job. Um, so, so I think we can agree the defense is the strength of this football team right yeah, now. Yeah, just like we saw it, just like we all thought. Yeah, who didn't see that? That's what we knew when we got Chip <laughs> Kelly. We brought in Chip Kelly, the defensive I think it's fair to ask, genius. Does, does Chip Kelly care about offense? Exactly. I don't think so. I, I think, don't. Yeah. I mean, the, the evidence on the field speaks for itself, Matt. <laughs> but but I'm with you. It's it's quite wild. But let, having said that, let's segue over to the offense where outside of the second half in Atlanta, we have seen absolutely zero to be positive about. And today... There were some things to be positive about. Let, let's start with what was clearly the number one issue coming into this game, clearly the issue in the Dallas game, the offensive line. Night and day. Uh, just a, a really good performance from that And against line. a strong front. I mean, this, against, this is, yeah, a, against this is a, a team really that has good, really good players up there. They the are the better stacked. defensive fronts in the league, I would say, even without Sheldon Richardson. So, um, yeah, no, I'm with you. Just uh, what did you see from the O-line? Why were the Eagles able to run the ball so much better today than at any point this season? What stood out to you? Obviously, uh, Gardner went out in the second half with that injury or at the beginning of the second half. Um, Matt Tobin seemed to play pretty well as well. I know John isn't here to fire (laughs) up the Matt Tobin hype train, but he seemed to play well. What did you notice, Matt? You know, I'm not really sure. It seemed like just everything was clicking a little bit more. Maybe um, the the tight ends seemed like they stepped up uh, a fair amount. Uh, It also seemed like they were doing a better job of, you know, not running uh, that sort of stretch that hasn't been there. Um, We saw last week that, you know, Kelsey was getting held up a lot on some of those things. Uh, That was keeping him from getting to his man. Um, Selleck has has been pretty bad. Uh, But to be honest, you know, I'm not really sure what they did differently. Uh, it seemed like the play calling was a little bit more simpatico with what they were trying to do, but I'm, I'm, having, I'm sort of struggling to, to pinpoint what was different from last week to this week. You know what it was? It was execution. Guys yeah, were I actually guess, I mean. making their blocks. That's really what it comes down to, at least what I saw, was the, all like you were just talking about, all those vines we saw all week of, of Kelsey pulling and just completely missing his guy or, or Gardner just getting blown up through a seam. That wasn't happening today. These guys were making the right plays. They were actually making the blocks they were supposed to make. And, and the, the you know proof was in the pudding. What we saw on the field was the result. Um, so I think that was huge. Obviously, they did a really nice job in pass protection as well. So I think this is a, a huge, huge positive in terms of confidence 
continuity for this O-line moving forward. Uh, but the, how about the guy running behind it? You know, DeMarco Murray, we went back and forth this week hearing, you know, we heard the tweak, then we heard he's fine, then we heard he might not be fine, then we heard, oh, he's going to play, and then this morning we hear inactive. So uh, I thought other than that fumble and, and that one badly missed real, uh, wheel route uh, pass, I thought Ryan Matthews did really well in this game. I thought he ran hard. I thought even when a hole wasn't there, he found a way to kind of fight forward for a few yards instead of taking a big loss. How did you feel about Matthews' performance, and what do you think it says about Murray moving forward? Uh, I liked it. I thought that fumble was pretty costly, but, you know, you uh, you take what you can get. But uh, I think that Matthews is really good. He's always been sort of good thought of as really good you know it's just been a question of health and a uh, few other things it seemed like he sort of fell into uh uh you know ill favor out there in san diego in favor of the scrappy gritty danny woodhead um but you know all that aside i think that um he's an incredibly talented player and we saw that today you know he looked he looked strong he looked fast you know there was there was times that he was like you know, he was going down and you saw him do the last sort of like Superman kind of laying out, you know, pushing backwards, fighting for every yard. That was a that was a pretty cool experience. We haven't had a runner like that in quite some time, you know, not a not a feature guy anyway. Um, as far as this, what this means for Murray, I always thought that they were going to be splitting it pretty 50 50. But, um, you know, that hasn't really been the case thus far. But maybe, you know, maybe now they'll start to stand up and take a little more notice. Yeah, I think you have to include Matthews in the game plan moving forward. I think he showed that he can run in this system. And and he just ran hard, man. He was fighting for yards. Uh, and again, that fumble, yes, it was a huge, huge fumble, huge mistake. But at the same time, give David Harris credit. I mean, he put his helmet right on the ball and hit it the perfect spot, the perfect time. You know, I, I feel like I, that would have been knocked out of a vice grip. You know, I, it was it's hard to blame him too much for that fumble. But uh, I thought an outstanding day, a really heartening thing to see for the running game moving forward. Obviously, Sproles didn't have as much success today, but I thought just having him in there and having him be that threat. You could tell the Jets defensively were game planning for Sproles a lot. Uh, and I thought that he was he opened some stuff up in the field. But really, outside of Matthews, they didn't really have a ton of offensive success. Uh, you know, I mean, when you look at Bradford just by the numbers, 14 of 28, 118 yards, a touchdown, no picks. It's not very, you know, not very yeah. sexy. It's not. No, it's and, not and I think expected. they left a lot of yards out there, too. Yeah, I, I mean, think so, too. I think they, there were a lot of misters. That's kind of where I was about to go with you. I think we saw a couple examples where where what we've everything we've heard about Bradford, we saw that throw to Sproles on that wheel route that Sproles dropped was a, a perfect, perfect throw. Um, he had one other throw that was just just a perfect oh the touchdown pass to Matthews was just outstanding like perfect timing perfect throw but Matt on the whole where do you kind of see this performance still saw some of the jitters still saw some just short throws to open guys where do you stand on Bradford coming out of week three Oh, he's got to play a better. He's got to play a lot better because this is not this is not cutting it. You know, I think if 
if we'd seen Nick Foles have the kind of performance that he's had, that Bradford's had this far, we'd be killing him. Uh, I think that Bradford's shown that he could probably play better than this, but he's got to play better. Like, this is, it's, this is just not good enough. And, you know, his receivers, they have to help him out, too. There's a few times that they've been open, um, and maybe he just doesn't trust him yet, but he's, you know, he's floating it to him. We saw Aguilar got that drop, but, like, that drop was... You know, calling that a drop is generous. That wasn't a drop. That was a short pass. Yeah, short. and that was that was like that was well short of where yeah. where it should have been. You know, coverage or not, like that was that was at his that was at his knees. You know, if you have to fall to your knees and let it go through your fingers and it hits the ground, that's not a good enough throw. He's got to improve. I I don't know what the problem is. They just got to do a better job of getting on the same page. It just seemed like the guys couldn't get open, and when they could get open, he either had a bad throw or they dropped it. You know, so they got to eliminate one of those two things. Would <laughs> probably be a good place to start, and then the offense can really start to hum. Because right now, I, I mean, Bradford has not been what I want him to be. Yeah, I, I don't think he's been what anyone wants him to be. How could he be? He has not looked good. We saw, like I said, those two throws really stood out to me. The, the throw to Sproles that went right through his hands, where Bradford kind of ran out to the right, made that really pretty wheel route throw, and then the touchdown throw to Matthews. Those two throws were both brilliant. They were as good a throw as you can make on a football field, but everything else stunk. I'm sorry. He just didn't look good. Yeah, I don't know why they don't run that that crossing route to J- Jordan Matthews every single play. If if it's unstoppable. It's an unblockable play with Jordan Matthews' size and speed. But it's just, I'm with you through three weeks, Bradford. And, and I don't know how long we can claim rust or skittishness from no, having I, played the I, Rams. At, Matt, that's, at what point do we stop saying that? At what point do we say, all right, you know, all the, this guy might look great in practice, but is he? can he do it in a game? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm... I'm pretty much there already. Like it's not cute anymore, right? Like you can't, you just can't have this sort of thing keep happening. Um, you know, you could tell me it's rust. You could sort of, you know, and, and time will tell, I guess, because we might see that it's coming along. But like for me, uh, when I'm rusty at something, like it doesn't take me this long to pick it back up. Uh, I don't know, maybe maybe tennis. But you know, for something like this with him, like I don't know, that was a joke. Uh, but like, <laughs> I hope people knew that was a joke. You're not comparing you picking things but, up but, to playing in the NFL. Yeah, but like, but seriously though, like, how long? How long could you be rusty? You know, how sure. long? How long could you consider something to be rusty? Uh, especially with you know something like this. He's taking a lot of reps. They practice a ton. He plays a ton. He's the starting quarterback in an NFL team. You know, he's been doing this since. What he was cleared in August. I mean, he's he's been at this. Like, you know, you can talk to me about familiarity, but that just feels like an excuse. Um, and it, but it it might be true, but like, I'd be very surprised. You gotta you gotta step it up. You gotta you gotta knock the cobwebs out of your head, and you gotta get you gotta get going. Something going. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir. Like I said, I actually after those first few drives, I said it's getting close to Sanchez time, and. and I understand that Sanchez isn't going to be the guy to, to win this moving forward for this team, but but the way it looked, it didn't look like Bradford was going to be able to turn it around. It looked like in order for this team to win, Sanchez was going to have to come in. And, and look, that's not how it turned out. And, and I said give Bradford a few more series, and he did better. 
But we're getting to the point there are just too many missed throws, too many open guys who are not being hit, where we have to worry about it. I'm willing to give them a little more time, especially sitting at 1-2 and two instead of 0-3, oh and three, but it, it's certainly a worry. Uh, speaking of worries, something that, that really bugged me that I want to get your take on, I didn't like the way the Eagles closed this game out. This game should have been over, and... They le- And I know the Jets are a good defense and a good football team, I think, even though that Colts win looks a little less good after Indy barely squeaking by Tennessee. But I just thought that, that they got conservative at the end. You know, they, they, they didn't take any chances on offense. They were running a very conservative, very boring offense, not really trying to get first downs. And, and keeping the Jets in the game. There didn't seem to be any sense of urgency at the at the end of the game to close it out. How did you feel about that, Matt? And moving forward, is that a worry, or, or are you just happy they, they got the, the win and, you know, however they got it, they got it? Yeah, I'm just sort of thinking about uh, if you turn it around, um, you know, and if you're talking about the Jets and how they lost this game, uh, I sort of think that, you know, you would say that the Jets – they really tightened down on defense there towards the end, right? Like, I'm trying to decide, like, like if they and if they had actually lost it, do you think you would be saying, like, Chip Kelly lost in this game? I don't know if it was, like, totally boneheaded. The Jets made some nice plays. They had that forced fumble. They, um, they had some really nice lockdown coverage. They forced them to play conservative. Maybe, you know, it's hard for us to tell. I guess, you know, Fran's going to come out with his article, and we can make a better decision once that does, but... Um, you know, as far as this stuff goes, uh, they certainly they certainly didn't play any high flying offense, but that's not really hasn't been the, that's not really different from how they've been doing. I mean, they've been playing some pretty boring stuff now for you know for three weeks. So I'm not really sure that um, that you know they made any changes or that they you know they played the the offensive equivalent of the prevent prevent defense. I just think that this is. This is not a team who offensively is where they need to be. And so when they're given a big lead, they're not primed to take advantage of it. So um, it, it's hard for me to say that, that you know, the changes they made really screwed things up. I just think that this is not, this is not a team that offensively needs to be where it, where it is. Um, as far as the defense goes, though, I mean, the flip side of that, down the stretch, this defense played out of its mind. They forced two turnovers there in the fourth quarter. Like, that was great. That was some really good stuff, capitalizing on a team that was desperate and trying to get uh, everything going. You know, Hicks and Thurman just played out of their minds in that fourth quarter. Really, really good stuff from the defense. So if there's anything I'm going to put in, put uh, put a lot of stock in, it's going to be that the defense really tightened down in that fourth quarter and made sure that the Jets couldn't claw their way back into it. Yeah, easier to do when you're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it was still impressive. The Harvard so man. <laughs> the Harvard man. Harvard man, right, uh, Who was alive in Civil War times, which is always exciting. Uh, all right, a few quick hitters. Uh, I don't understand why Miles Austin is on this team. I, I, every time he's involved in a play, he's he's fucking something up. I, yeah. I mean, do you have the same impression of Miles? Yeah, well, I, mean, I kept making fun of them for Preston Parker. The, the Giants were going to Preston Parker a couple of times, and uh, I said, like, look, if they drop something for Miles Austin, like, you let me know, and I'll be sure to be mad about it. And here they are. They're doing that, you know, because uh, we watched the Giants. They drew something up for 
you know, one of their bad weapons who they actually ended up cutting because he's not good enough. But, you know, they go to him on some key downs. And Miles Austin's the same thing. I don't know what the deal is. He's got that he's got that veterany kind of crunchy granola, you know, with with yogurt clusters. Like, I have no idea what exactly they like about him so much, but uh, they keep going back to him. And, and yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm pretty sick of it. And just move on like uh draw something up for i mean you have you have a lot of weapons on this team i guess with huff out that's why we saw him so much more but try to take advantage of one of them instead because miles austin is not exactly streaking wide open here yeah i i i'd rather see them throw to riley cooper all right i think that's really all i need to say that's how bad miles austin is uh agalor sticking with the wide receivers you haven't loved what you've seen from the kid so far, especially after seeing the dynamite athleticism in the preseason. Um, it, it seems like he's not on the same page with Bradford a lot. What have you? Are you, are you worried at all about the rookie? Not not long term, obviously, but but that he's going to be able to contribute this season. I don't know. It doesn't seem like anybody's on the same page with anybody, right? Like it's hard for me to make any sort of big sweeping pronouncements about any one player on this offense because everything seems to be so all over the place. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know. You'll have to get back to me later. I think he's got the skills to contribute, and he's got the trust of the coaching staff, but, you know, nobody's really contributing right now. So, you know, let's let him be the first. All right, I want to dovetail back to what we were talking about with the secondary. I have two more things I want to touch on before we kind of look at where the Eagles stand right now heading into the fourth week. Uh, first, going back to the secondary, where are you on Byron Maxwell right now? Because we didn't see another very good performance from him. And, you know, I'm not – I hate the, the new Nambi stuff, and I don't like the – the judging this guy too quickly. He was going from being in that Seattle system to this one. He was the two there. He's the one here. But he didn't look good against Brandon Marshall. Obviously not on Marshall the whole game. But when he was, he didn't look very good. He didn't look very good, period, at least compared to how well the rest of the secondary played. How nervous are you about Maxwell? I think he'll be fine. Um, they got a, They had him playing up and playing press a little bit more, and I thought you saw that that really paid dividends a couple of times. They got him for a couple of ticky-tacky penalties, which maybe put the fear of God in him a little bit, but I thought in general he, he handled his business fairly well. Uh, you know, He only allowed, what, two or three catches, and some of those were borderline kind of garbage catches. And then he got, he got called for that one penalty, which I thought was pretty dumb, considering all the, the hand-holding that had been going on the whole time. So... Uh, I'm not. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet. Uh, free agent signings are always sort of dicey, but he seems like he's been fine. He's been acceptable. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like it's very, very overblown. Give the guy a chance to to work his way into the system. He's a technique guy. He's gonna have to put his technique into this system and make it work for him. So I, I agree. I think down the road he'll be all right. Let's get to the, obviously the important one, Matt. I think you know where I'm going here. You're your guy. This is your guy. Are you nervous about Cody Parkey? I know we made the field goal <laughs> try today, but I mean, kick that ball out of bounds. Didn't come close to a touchback all day. I mean, there there's something wrong with Parkey injury wise. No matter what Chip or anyone else wants to say, he doesn't have that same leg unless he's just getting too old you know i guess from going to 21 to 22 is it yeah yeah it's a big jump you, you do lose well, that we all we all remember ability. what that was like yeah you know you you, you you get old quick there but but seriously are, are you a little worried about parking 
Uh, yeah. I mean, Me too. I'm I'm worried. I you know he wasn't great in college. He was great last year, but you know if you're going back, that seems more like that could you know it's always in the back of your mind that that could have last year could have just been the blip. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know if you know if he's falling back on old habits, if his muscle memory's messed up. You know, if he is like really hurt, that could be an issue too. Um, I'm not sure who else is out there that's <laughs> that can do a lot better than what he's been doing to be honest with you just because yeah he hasn't been great but like you look at like these teams that need kickers and they're like they're all trying out alex henry like think about that for a minute all of them are trying out alex henry uh none of them have signed him yet but like they're always like well the lions had three kickers in including alex henry you know so stuff like that you talk about if you if you were thinking about moving on making a move putting him in ir whatever i just don't know that you can do that um but yeah, I mean, there's definitely cause for concern. The only thing you can really do is just hope it doesn't come down to him again. Yeah, that's the way I feel. It's a worry. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't think he's going to be the same guy as last year. I think this is going to be an issue all season. And you just hope that when it does come down to him, it's one of those spots where he makes it. You know, it's not going to be the kind of confidence you had in him last year, which is which is a shame, but but such is life for kickers most often. You know, David Akers is the exception, not the rule. Um, all right, one other interesting thing I thought, and obviously you saw it more at the very end of the game for obvious reasons, but Chip's slowing it down again. We saw it a lot in the second half with the lead, wasn't pushing that tempo. They even got a delay of game penalty at one yeah, point. Yeah, what the hell? Uh, I, mean, what? I mean, it was insane. It just... It was very interesting to see. It really seemed a concerted thing. And, and I don't know if it's because of Bradford or because of the defense or whatever it is. And obviously at the end of the game, it was nice to see them slow it down and really try and milk the clock, even though they didn't do an awesome job of it. They tried. Um, so I don't know. How did you kind of kind of strike you? Because it was something that really jumped off the screen to me. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like they were mixing it up, and they were going fast sometimes and not others. Like I said last time, I don't know what the deal is here, Like, and I don't know why we're not getting an answer. Like, what happened to it? Where's the tempo? Is Bradford just sitting around and talking about what movie he wants to see? Like, um, you know, because I think The Martian looks pretty good, but... Um, like, are they just sort of sitting around and then at other times, you know, are they just out of things to talk about? Like, I don't, I don't know what the difference is. It doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. Kemsky was saying that he liked that. He was like, it's good that they're like lulling them to sleep. And, uh, you know, and I'm thinking like, no, no, like you don't like, you know, if you think about like a boxer, right? Like a boxer doesn't just like run around the ring for five minutes. And then once the guy gets tired, like let out three quick jabs. That's not, that's not how it works. Like you just, you, you either put the pedal to the metal or you don't, you know, it doesn't seem to me that they're gaining anything by doing this. I don't know if Jimmy really thinks that that's what they're doing, but just to me, like you, you got to run tempo. The tempo is the most important thing that they're doing here. You keep guys on their heels. You don't let them get balance. You know, you don't even let them dig their cleats into the ground. Like, you know, stuff like that. You can, you can get a real competitive advantage by like just not waiting for the other team to, to be ready to go. And, and it just seems like they're really selectively taking advantage of this, this great opportunity that they have. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like it's kind of the identity of the offense and to abandon it just doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. So, so we agree there. 
All right, Matt, kind of looking ahead, kind of where we're sitting right now. The Eagles at 1-2. and two. The Cowboys go down to the 3-0 and Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it, it's certainly looking like Julio Jones is about to put up one of the great seasons of all time, doesn't it? I mean, this guy has gone nuts three weeks in a row. Uh, I don't know. Who is who that? <laughs> Very impressive. Very yeah, impressive. The, the Falcons... They look legit good. That makes us look less bad. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, here's the next... for the college football computers. Agreed. That... Agreed. Yes. And and yeah. those are important. Rankings are important. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but where we stand now, Matt, you know, after how bad, how atrocious, how disgusting that first two weeks of the season was, as an Eagles fan, as, as someone who follows the team, can you think of a, a – Better position that this team could be sitting in right now after those first two weeks. Yeah, I don't really think so. I think we're in general the league is at a sort of changing of the guard, you know, because it used to be that it was dominated by just a handful of guys, um, and now it seems like a lot of those guys are on the way out. Um, so I'm not really sure. I mean, even like if you'd asked me three years ago, you would have been able to say like, well, the NFC is clearly like heads and shoulders above the AFC. Uh, I don't really know that that's the case now. You know, the Steelers being sort of in flux right now with Big Ben getting hurt. But, but in general, I think that you know the NFC is a lot muddier. The picture's a lot muddier. I think you have the the Packers. Um, they're you know obviously the cream of the crop. Rodgers is incredible. But like you know, you look around. You know, the Falcons. I don't know. Maybe um, who else? Like you're going to talk to me about the Giants or the Panthers or you know the Rams, uh, the Seahawks, like. Yeah, teams, all these teams have, have some pretty decent-sized question marks about them. So, you know, we're Eagles are not out of it. You know, this this NFC, especially in this NFC East, like they are definitely not out of it. You know, they they have another game against Dallas. They can they can take you know pull even with them in that tiebreaker uh, later on. You know, and and just for now, they got to put their head down and handle their business and and keep winning. I mean, they are not out of the playoffs at all. Yeah, they're they're all of a sudden in a, in a great shape, like you said. Forgetting just the rest of the NFC picture, which is murky right now. The NFC East is is a train wreck right now. The the Giants, not a good football team. Washington, not a good football team. Dallas doesn't have Tony Romo or Des Bryant. Found a way to go up what twenty eight to ten today or twenty eight to seven. Found a way to blow that game. So uh, this is a very, very wide-open division. This <laughs> Eagles team, at least compared to the Cowboys, without all these injuries and whatnot, the Eagles have had injuries, but they're still constituted somewhat the same way we expected them to be heading into the season. So there's still the chance for this team to figure it out and put it together. I think there should be positivity right now moving forward, Matt. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean... If you look around the NFC, like what are these teams? These teams not a lot, of, not a lot to scare you. I think that the positivity is the key. They have, uh, they have like a pretty decent stretch here coming up. You know, it's nothing too, too bad. And uh, yeah, I mean, just, just handle your business. You, you can do this. They can win these games. They just got to go out and do them. I like that. You can do this. Hashtag you can do this. <laughs> Boom. All right, well, Matt, uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here and start to look ahead to Washington and uh, the potential to get back to 500? Yeah, Nick Foles, he led the the Rams to scoring almost seven points today. No! Yeah, they almost got to seven points. So 
he's so good, man. Yeah, he is. He is. He left the field with the, actually, you know what? He never left the field with the lead in this game. But um, yeah, I, so that, that's uh, that's probably my big one is that there was uh, there was uh, six field goals kicked in that game. That sounds like a shitty game. I'm glad we missed it. Yeah. Well, also Ben Roethlisberger goes down in that game. There's no yeah. report as to how bad the injury is as of now. Recording this right after the game on Sunday, the Eagles game concluded. And uh, it looks like it could be bad. That could be a really big factor. That could be a game changer, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers, I would have said prior to that injury, the Steelers have the best offense in the NFL right now. Them or the Patriots. Certainly, yeah. Right there. And uh, and without Ben, it's Mike Vick time. So it may look easy, but he's hard, Matt. Right. Yeah. So, uh, all right, well, that's going to do it, Matt. Uh, again, appreciate you taking the time. We're going to have a lot more stuff. This is episode 116. I think of BGN radio. We had a lot of fun. We actually got to talk about a win. Uh, so keep it locked fueled by Duncan Philly BGN radio. We'll be back with a lot more stuff this week, a preview show, our show on Sunday on 975, the fanatic Matt will be back with a lot more as well. So uh, everyone keep it tuned to bleeding green nation.com and BGN radio all week. We thank you for listening to episode 116 of BGN Radio, fueled by Duncan Philly, Go Birds.